the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. In the New Testament, when Jesus taught on marriage, he quotes Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. So this is the foundation of marriage, and I want you to note here that it is God who established the institution of marriage. It wasn't something that man came up with. It wasn't something that some government came up with. God established marriage, and God established marriage as between one man and one woman for life. Most inventors protect their inventions with a patent. It gives the original creator the legal right to exclude others from making, using, or selling the invention. God is a creator, an artist, a scientist, and an architect, among many other esteemed titles. He is the creator of the institution of marriage. He has a very clear design for it. Pastor Dan describes God's plan for marriage as one man and one woman joined together for a lifetime. Don't listen to the world as it tries to warp and change the design. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 2 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. God has placed my wife and my life to be a helper comparable to me, not only equal with me, but also before my face in in the sense of God uses her to challenge me to be more Christ-like, to be more like Jesus. God uses our wives to shape us and mold us into Better men, better husbands, better fathers, better leaders. Verse 19 says, Then out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam... There was not found a helper comparable to him. I love this here. God brought the animals and the birds of the air and the beasts of the field, the wild animals, brought them all to Adam so Adam could name them. And Adam gave names to all the animals, which, by the way, tells us that man had spoken language from the very beginning. It's not something that developed thousands or hundreds of thousands of years Later, God, man had spoken language from the very beginning. And it seems here, it doesn't tell us why, but it seems that the reason God did this was to show Adam his aloneness. To show Adam his need for a helper. His need 
for a, for a wife. And sometimes we need help and we don't even realize we need help. And God has to show us in some way that, hey, you need help. Or someone has to tell us and speak into our lives and tell us that we need help. And through this little name game with the animals, Adam realized there was not a helper comparable to him among the animals. And it created in Adam a longing for a relationship with another human being. As God is bringing the animals before Adam and Adam is naming the animals. And there's, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Giraffe, Mr. and Mrs. Porcupine, Mr. and Mrs. Kangaroo. And then at some point, Adam realizes, hey, there's no Mrs. Adam. There's just me. Where's my companion? Where's the one that I can have a relationship with? Adam realized that there was not a helper that was equal to him among, among the animals. You know, a, a pet can offer great companionship. A pet can offer loyalty, but never on a human level. That companionship is only on the pet's level. It's only on your dog's level that you can enjoy that relationship with your dog. We need human companionship. We need a human relationship. And that's what God was showing Adam through this little name game that he had him do here with the animals. So what does God do? Then the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam And he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. Now this word translated rib here, uh, this word, it, it really just means his side. It's used elsewhere in the Bible to mean side. It's used to describe the side of the Ark of the Covenant. It's used to describe the side of a building. It's used to describe the side of a hill. It's only here that this word is translated rib. So really what it's talking about is God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and God took from his side, uh, whether he took an actual rib or not, I I don't know. I think he just opened his side and from his side he made woman. And then Adam woke up, and suddenly when he woke up, Adam wanted a wife. (laughs) Uh, And I I think for a lot of guys, that's kind of the way it goes. Uh, For a lot of guys, they just, you know, when they're young, they're just kind of going through life, and they think that it's it's good to be alone, and uh, it's good to be kind of carefree and single, And they have no thought of getting married. And then one day they just kind of wake up and they want to be married. And they want a wife. And Adam woke up. Notice it says that God made Eve and brought her to Adam. God brought Eve to Adam as a gift for Adam. To bless him. To be cherished by him. To fulfill his, his longing for companionship. To remove his loneliness. If you're married, husbands, your wife is God's gift to you. To bless you. 
and to be cherished by you and to be honored by you. Don't forget that. So now verse 23, we have the first recorded words of mankind. Isn't that something? The first recorded words of man. And what do they express? They express Adam's elation for his wife. Adam's elation for his wife. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of the man. You know, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She's come from me. She's bone of my bones. She's flesh of my flesh. That phrase, now it's used elsewhere in the Bible, in the Old Testament, to speak of commitment and to speak of of loyalty and to speak of covenant. For example, in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 1, when the tribes of Israel anoint David to be king over Israel, they make a covenant with David and they make David king. And in 2 Samuel chapter 5, the tribes of Israel say to David, we are your bones and your flesh. They use the same language. It it speaks of covenant, it speaks of commitment, it speaks of loyalty. And so here you see Adam is making a commitment to Eve. He's making a covenant with her. And therefore, verse 24, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. So this account of Adam and Eve becomes the biblical foundation of marriage. In the New Testament, when Jesus taught on marriage, he quotes Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. So this is the foundation of marriage, and I want you to note here that it is God who established the institution of marriage. It wasn't something that man came up with. It wasn't something that some government came up with. God established marriage, and God established marriage as between one man and one woman for life. And notice again in verse 24, it says, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Now, notice that the man is given this instruction to leave his father and mother, but the wife is not instructed to leave her parents and be joined to her husband. Now, why not? Why is it only the man that's given this command and not the wife? Well, in ancient Middle Eastern culture, uh, when, a, when a couple would get married, the wife would leave her parents' home and would move into her husband's family's home. She would move in with her husband and his parents, and she would go and live with his Family, Boy, you think this quarantine with the coronavirus is bad now. Just be grateful you're not living with your in-laws during this thing. Unless you are living with your in-laws and then my prayers are with you kind of thing. Uh, But but that's culturally the wife would leave her family and she would go and live with the family of her husband. So this instruction is to the husband because the husband continued to live with his parents And so the husband needed to leave his parents emotionally. The wife's already left her parents physically. The husband needs to leave his parents emotionally 
and be joined to his wife or cling to his wife. That's the context of what's being said here. Today, we would say both the man and the woman shall leave mother and father and be joined to each other and become one flesh. And so in marriage, there is a a leaving of mother and father that is necessary. Now, this doesn't mean abandonment. We're not to abandon our parents and never speak to them again once we're married. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. But it means the nature of the relationship with parents changes once you're you're married. You should no longer be dependent upon your parents emotionally or financially once you get married. You know, one thing that is happening in our culture today that is very alarming is the number of people who never actually leave their parents. This is especially true among young men today, men in their 20s and 30s, or even in their 40s who are still living at home and dependent upon mom and dad financially and financial support. Let me say to the parents, parents, raise your children to grow up and to move out and to make a way on their own. That's what God's will is for your children. That they would one day grow up and move out and be independent of you and be able to provide for themselves and provide for their family. So there's leaving. Leaving mom and dad. And after leaving mom and dad, then a married couple joins to each other. They cleave to one another. This word joined here in verse 24. In modern Hebrew, this is the word for glue. For glue. And so the couple, this married couple, should be glued together. It's, it's the idea of permanence. Two people come together as husband and wife And they make a commitment to stay together permanently. To be glued together. To never separate again. That's God's desire. And probably during your wedding, as part of your vows that you made to each other, you made some kind of commitment to stay together as husband and wife for the rest of your lives together. You know, you probably said something like, I make these pledges and promises to you and I commit my love to you in sickness and in health, good times, bad, rich or poor, you know, till death do we part. We're staying together. And then what happens in marriage is you make those vows, you make those commitments and pledges and promises to one another on your wedding day and then you spend the rest of your life living them out. And you, you spend the rest of your life giving them definition, defining them. What does it mean? 
to stay together in good times and bad? What does it mean to stay together in sickness and health? What does it mean to stay together in rich or poor? And you spend the rest of your life defining those, those words. That's God's desire for marriage. It's not a covenant to be entered into lightly. It's something that, it's, it's a life commitment where, where we're coming together as, as one flesh. I recognize that God has, has brought my wife into my life. I've, you know, if you're getting married, this, this woman now, God has divinely brought her. And then the man has, done, has been brought into your life, if you're the wife. And he's brought you together to, to, to bring completeness in your, into your life, to bring wholeness, to bring into your life what was missing, what you lacked. Where now she is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And now to, once we've come together, now, now we're one. Now we're glued together. Now we cling together through everything. And we never separate. We never break that bond. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother. And be joined to his wife. And they shall become one flesh. The the wife was taken out of the man. And then brought back to the man. To bring completeness. To bring wholeness. You know in in the New Testament. In Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul is talking about marriage and he's talking about husbands and he's talking about wives. He says to the husbands, So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but he nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church, for we are members of his bodies, of his flesh and his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. But there Paul says, so a husband ought to love his wife as his own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. Why? Because here with Adam and Eve, Eve was taken from Adam's body and then returned back to Adam. And so in a sense, he's loving his own his own body. She's bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And this is the one that God has brought into my life to complete me, to provide for me what was lacking. I need help. God, God saw that I needed help. God looked at me and said, it's not good for this guy to be alone. He needs help. And so God sent my wife, brought her into my life to bring in what was lacking, what was missing, what I needed So that together a husband and wife can fulfill the purposes and plans that God has for them in their marriage to bring glory to God. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked. The man and his wife. And they were not ashamed. And of course, this was before sin entered the world. This was before chapter 3. And here before sin entered the world, here this is, this is how God originally intended it for mankind. That man would dwell in the garden and have fellowship with God. And that, uh, that, that man and woman would dwell together as husband and wife without sin. 
and that they would be naked and unashamed before each other. Much like young children, if, you've, if you have young children or you, you've had young children, uh, young children who have not, have not discovered their nakedness. There's a, a very young children that just in their innocence, they don't realize they're naked. They, you know, they love to run around in their nakedness, just completely unashamed and in their innocence. And here Adam and Eve had an innocence. They had a trust. They had a vulnerability with each other where they could be completely naked and unashamed before each other. They could be themselves. There was nothing to hide. Nothing to cover. There was no fear of embarrassment. You know, marriage for us today, a marriage in Christ, uh, you know, it it still should be uh, the place where we are most vulnerable. The, the, the place where we feel the safest emotionally. A place where there's acceptance. A place where there's trust. And when we sin, because really in a, we're sinners, right? We're sinners and a marriage today is just two sinners brought together by the grace of God. And when we sin, the Bible tells us that our love covers a multitude of sins. And when we sin and there's repentance and asking forgiveness and then forgiveness is extended. The Bible says love keeps no record of wrong. And here, here in marriage, we now we, you have two sinners that are brought together and they extend grace and mercy and forgiveness to each other. And they provide a place where in your marriage, you know, that's, your spouse sees you at your worst. And yet here in marriage is, is a place where in, in a way we, we, we can be unashamed. And we can be open and we can be vulnerable. And there's a level of trust there. Where there's not a, a fear of embarrassment. And when we fail, there's, there's grace and there's forgiveness for each other. And there's love. And there's acceptance. It's really a picture of the gospel, isn't it? It's a picture of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul even describes marriage as and compares it to the relationship of Jesus with his church. And here, Jesus as the bridegroom and the church as the bride. And Jesus accepts us. Right? And he, he sees us as without spot, without blemish in his sight. His sacrifice on the cross, His shed blood, it takes away all of our sins and it makes us pure and it makes us spotless and without blame in His sight. He sees us as pure. And here, you know, we, we, He knows every thought and intent of our heart. We can be naked and open before Jesus Christ. He sees everything and yet His love covers our sins. And He accepts us. And we can trust Him. See, a Christian marriage is really a picture of the Gospel. It's a picture of the love of Jesus Christ for us. And the acceptance of Jesus Christ of us. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. He asked me how I know And I say it 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Genesis. This Old Testament book of history and the start of what God created teaches you much about God's plan for the future. We hope you'll continue to tune in for Pastor Dan's studies. If you ever have any questions about what you've heard or would like someone to pray with, would you give us a call? You can reach us by calling 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. You can also fill out the prayer request form at calvaryec.com. Just click on the Connect tab to access it. We'd love to meet you in person, too. If you're in Columbia, Maryland, please join us this weekend for worship and studying Scripture together at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. There will be time to meet your brothers and sisters in Christ, too, and to spend time in prayer. We look forward to sharing this time of worship together with you. You'll find service times and directions at our website, calvaryec.com. While you're there, be sure to check out additional teachings from the Bible. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Once more, that's calvaryec.com. That's all we have time for today. There's much more to gain through this study through the book of Genesis. So be sure to join us next time on Ring of Truth. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.